Aloha, everybody. This is Q, the abolitionist. Crypto Gumbo here. And this is episode 26 of Unshackled Liberty. Before we jump in, I want to remind everybody we have the Unshackled Liberty Patch Club. Uh, you go to patreon.com slash unshackled liberty, $3 a month, you can get a cool patch for your plate carrier, for your Velcro tactical hat, for your backpack, for your school lunchbox, if you still have one of those. Whatever you guys I want have to do. a Ghostbuster one. Oh, yeah, that'd be rad. And then... Uh, Music, music, music. We want your music. If you guys listen, sorry, if you guys create music, send us the MP3. Give us your tunes. We will feature it. We promise. It'll be featured as the intro to an episode of Unshackled Liberty, and we will give you all of the credit. You want to talk about Jade, right? Yeah, yeah, Jade. Jade the XR. So Jade the XRP Martian on YouTube. It's at Jade Martian. That's J-A-Y-E-D-M-A-R-T-I-A-N. Uh, he was on one of our uh, most recent uh, shows. He has a killer YouTube channel called The Martian Report. Uh, his newest video is called Scammer Alert, new, new podcast and changes. Uh, so go check him out. Give him a sub. Uh, he, he was very kind and come on our show, and it's always good. Uh, I thought that have, was a pretty good show. We had a good yeah, time. Yeah, it was, it was fun. Um, so we'd like to give love whenever we receive love because it should be mutual. That's right. So today we've got, uh, we've got Joe Kent from the Grassroot Institute of Hawaii coming on to talk about the Jones Act. And you might not think that matters to you, if, especially if you're living somewhere in middle America. But I'm telling you, the Jones Act affects all of us. So stick around. Uh, we, talk about the, we talk about the, co- the Jones Act. We talk about coronavirus and economic recovery, uh, not just over the Hawaiian Islands, but of course, uh, the rest of the country too. And, you know, it's a good show. So Joe Kent, the Executive Vice President of Grassroot Institute of Hawaii, is on with us next. Episode I having, 26. Yeah. I was having a... Uh connectivity issues on this one so my bad (laughs) all right thank you So, hey, what's up, everybody? This is Q, the abolitionist with uh, Crypto Gumbo and a, and, a, and a good friend of mine, Joe Kent. He's the executive vice president of the Grassroot Institute of Hawaii. Uh, I met Joe when I was active with the, um, the LP, the Libertarian Party here in Hawaii, and we've stayed in contact uh, uh, basically ever since then. So we've, we've kind of bounced some ideas off each other in the past. How are you doing, Joe? Good, good. Thanks for having me on the show. No, we're excited to have you here, man. So what we wanted to do since we brought you in is um, – we had a recent birthday, uh, a significant birthday for the state of Hawaii and others, but we, we, we feel the pinch here in Hawaii probably more than most, but that birthday is the Jones Act, right? So 100 years ago, when was that birthday? Uh, 1920. 1920, June 5th, right? Was that when it was? Right. So, yeah. So, so it's, been, it's, been a, it's been some time. So with that, it kind of jogged my memory. I was like, dude, I know I've been meaning to talk to Joe and, and, and see if we can get him on the show. And, and here you are, dude. So I appreciate it, man. How you been? Yeah, thanks. Good. Good. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having. Thanks for coming on. So, what what is the Grassroot Institute of Hawaii? Oh well, Grassroot Institute is a free market think tank. Um, we we're proud to promote individual liberty, economic freedom, and accountable government. Uh, we're nonpartisan um, and independent. We don't receive any money from the government or from unions or special interest groups or anything like that. It's just people in Hawaii who care about uh, freedom and uh, you know the, the freedom to basically live their lives uh, without government imposition. So we try to advocate for that uh, perspective as much as we can and work with uh, anyone who will talk to us. Awesome. That's good. Very good. That's yeah. good. So um, let's talk about that. Let's just jump right in, dude. Let's talk about this Jones Act. What is sure. the Jones Act and what does that mean to us here in Hawaii? And of course, you know, everybody on the mainland as well, but Yeah, well, in Hawaii, it hits a sore spot. The Jones Act is a shipping law, and everything has to be shipped in Hawaii, of course, all the goods and everything. And so that really hurts our pocketbook. Um, The Jones Act, like you said, is a 100-year-old law that basically says any goods that go from one American port to another 
American port have to be shipped on an American ship. It has to be built in the United States, flagged American, owned American, and crewed American. So um, it's th those are the four planks of the Jones Act that make everything more expensive um, for shipping. Um, and it, when it was passed, it was passed because it, people wanted to um, you know, protect the national security of the U.S. That was the big argument. We're going. We need American ships to protect our shores. Um, but actually, it, it's not used often for the military. Um, no. I call the, um, the administration um, and asked them how many times has a Jones Act ship actually been used in an overseas military uh, conflict and they said they, they couldn't remember the last time it's ever been used. They, they dug up one time that it was used in, in Iraq um, and there was this one old ship that uh, you know brought some goods over there for um, to resupply the military but that's about it. Um, and so this whole um, argument that we need the Jones Act for national security is dubious. Um, actually, the Jones Act is a protectionist law. It that protects is, yeah. special interest groups um, who get a lot of money from uh, the monopoly uh, effect of the Jones Act. And so that hurts Hawaii a lot. Um, no one's ever done a study on how much it's hurt Hawaii, um, but someone did do a study last year on how much it hurt Puerto Rico. And that's about $1.5 billion a year. Wow. Um, and so in Hawaii, we're actually at Grassroot Institute. Um, we're looking into that number. Um, we're doing the first and only study to ever quantify how much does it cost Hawaii. And it's, um, it's a bit, it's actually about the same as, as how much it costs Puerto Rico, I can tell you right now. So we're, we'll be releasing that next month. Oh, wow. um, and but it doesn't just hurt Hawaii and Puerto Rico, though. It, it hurts Alaska, Guam, because uh, everything has to be shipped there, too. Yeah. And it also hurts the mainland. I mean, if you think about, um, you know, Texas ships oil um, across the mainland. They, I mean, they have to go around the Gulf Coast and up to New York, or, or they have to go um, around and up the West Coast. And that's Jones Act shipping, too. Yeah. Um, and so it doesn't just affect Hawaii. It actually affects uh, all states. Um, so we'd like to do a study about that, too, of how much it affects every state. Mm. So there's a lot of – it seems strange that there would be support for this type of legislation yeah. in, in, in Hawaii specifically. Why, you know, uh, our elected officials would, would continue to back such, a, such an abusive law for us. Can you shed any light on why that might be? <laughs> yeah, um, it's basically because they're paid paid off by it. Um, the, special, <laughs> the special interest groups um, pay a lot of money um, towards politicians, especially Hawaii politicians. Um, I have a list here um, in front of me that shows all the money that the shipping lobby has given to people. And they give to Republicans and Democrats. Um, this, by the way, isn't a Republican issue or a Democrat issue uh, because they all get money for it. Um, some of the top people who've got money are Hillary Clinton. Um, she got um, $150,000 in 2016. Um, but Donald Trump also got a similar amount when he ran. And, um, and uh, Hawaii's politicians all get money from the Jones Act lobby, we call them, except for Ed Case, who I don't think has ever taken a dime from them. Oh, wow. And that's why he's able to... Um, speak out about it. I think he's the only uh, congressman from Hawaii to ever speak out, uh, you know, against the Jones Act. Hmm. Well, that's good. How about that? You don't take the money and you can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that a coincidence or what? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. He, ha he actually has a few bills, by the way, um, that uh, uh, one is to just exempt Hawaii from the Jones Act. And there, uh, there's a few, few ideas to just like, let's just cut out Hawaii from the Jones Act type of thing. So he's, he's trying to do that, but um, it's kind of like one man against the world. Um, if you have, you know, the, the unions and the shipping lobby uh, paying off the whole um, industry and, the, and all of the rest of the uh, politicians, it's hard to uh, make a dent. It is. So, so imagine, so uh, why this matters to us, we'll, we'll, we'll sit back and, and living in Hawaii, we always, we kind of know it's a, we know it's a more, expo more expensive place to live from a 
real estate perspective and the goods, goods and services perspective. And we just go, most of us will sit back and go, ah, that's the cost of living in paradise, right? That's the cost associated with living in Hawaii. <laughs> but then when you see a bill like that, or you see a law like this, I should say bill, a law like this, and you realize that anything you want from that's manufactured in, you know, Asia, say, you know, Hong Kong or, you know, Malaysia or any of that stuff, when it comes over to Hawaii, it's never a straight shot. It doesn't just leave Hong Kong and come right into Honolulu and get offloaded. That doesn't happen. It goes all the way to Long Beach, California, or Portland, or Stockton, or Tacoma, or somewhere else, right, uh, along the West Coast. It's completely offloaded from one vessel, onloaded back onto another vessel, at least some of it, and then shipped back this way to Hawaii. So it's, it's a half again more trip, basically, um, which is right. more fuel, more cost for the, for the crew members on those ships, you know, more uh, you know, the, the longshoremen onloading and offloading, I'm sure that's a big power. That's a big, powerful union. I'm sure they're in bed with this thing. They love it. Right. Cause they get extra work. Um, and then, so by the time it gets here, it's, you know, 50% probably it's done 50% more travel than it has needed to, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and, and also the, there's some real technical aspects of the yeah. Jones act where, um, what you said, you know, some, some a dressmaker in Hong Kong, for example, yeah, yeah. Um, if he wants to ship his dress to Hawaii, he actually can ship it to Hawaii, uh, regardless of the Jones Act. Um, remember, the Jones Act says any ship that ship, ships goods between American ports, correct? So you know, has to be American. But if a ship uh, ships goods from a non-American port, like Hong in Hong Kong, to uh, Hawaii. Um, they don't have to use an American ship because that's not the Jones Act trade. But what effectively happens is right. the market, um, you know, the, the market works such that it's uh, inefficient for that to happen. And so folks from Hong Kong actually do ship their stuff all the way over to California. And then by the time it gets to Hawaii, the Jones Act tax is added on. Right. So, um, so yeah, it's a, it's, there's a little technical aspect there, but, uh, but effectively what you said is correct. Yeah. They can come straight to Hawaii, but then they can't go to another port after that. They have to return home. Right. Isn't that how that works? That's ridiculous. Yeah, it sort that's of reminds correct. me of the federal reserve. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of these non. There's so, a lot so, um, of different nonsensical things that happen with this. Yeah, yeah. So, like, uh, I, I, I'm a Navy veteran, so it reminds me of if you if you were ever active duty and you had to go TAD somewhere, instead of sending you to, I'm going to send you from Hawaii to San Diego, California. That sounds great, right? But if uh, if you're going TAD, orders issued by the military, you're going to make about three or four layovers before you get there. That's what that reminds me of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and in fact, there's an there's a shipping law that's similar to the Jones Act called the Passenger Vessels Act. It relates to cruise ships, and um, in a similar way, uh, ships, um, foreign cruise ships, can come to Hawaii, but then they have to stop in uh, a different island, uh, a foreign island, um, way out of the way, and then come back just so they can continue their trip. So there's all these crazy um, technical weird things that happen with the Jones Act that have everyone scratching their head and say, oh, yeah. why don't we just get rid of it or reform it or something? Well, they, they suspended it for Puerto Rico after that last hurricane they had, right? And, and I remember thinking like, well, so you can suspend it in, the, in, a, in, in a state of emergency, to streamline the support services needed to recover from that emergency, right? But during the normal process of, you know, buying and selling and transporting goods, we'll just go ahead and stick the screws to you. It just seems a little weird yeah. to me, you know? Yeah, that's exactly right. It's, yeah. you, we can get rid of it in an emergency because we recognize that it causes such a harm to ourselves. Yeah. So if it causes a harm to ourselves, why don't we give it uh, give it up uh, in times of peace and non-emergency too? Because yeah. we're still paying that extra cost. And besides, Puerto Rico is still recovering after um, you know the the damage caused in 2017 and and even now, and they're yep. still recovering. I mean, Hawaii is still recovering from the coronavirus. So right. why don't we um, waive it for this emergency too? Correct. Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah, I think I think we can get the mainland to care a little bit more whenever you release that study and they and they see the impact that they're having because of it as well. You know what I mean? The hard thing about folks on the main, mainland um, talking about the Jones Act is um, it, it seems like such a obscure, remote law. Oh, that's that little sure. Hawaii thing. 
Oh yeah, that's yeah. that little thing that Puerto Rico talked about one time. But they don't realize that it actually affects themselves. So what you're saying is correct, I think, is nobody really realizes how much it affects their pocketbooks and why they should care. The problem is the Jones Act is a federal law. Yeah. So for anything to change, you know, people on the mainland would have to care about it. Yeah. That's right. And it's and it's that whole I'm trying I'm gonna try and formulate this statement it's that whole thing you can't see the savings right or 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 the improvement because you have no frame of reference for it right you you we can sit here and we could talk about how how inefficient it is and how expensive it makes things but because you've got no frame of reference for life without it you don't understand what how, how good things could be right you all you see is all you see is what you know and I think, you know, Fred, Frederick Bastiat had a similar, had a, had a quote to that. And I'm a butcher, so I'm not going to try. But it's like you, the, the, the state is, is robbing us because you know, it, it, the state's robbing us and we don't even have a quantifiable way of, 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 of displaying what is being stolen or, or how bad the impact is um, because of this law. Because it's 100 years old, none of us remember life without it. And even 100 years ago, the technology wasn't where, where it is today. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah, that's right. I remember Rothbard once said, uh, if the government had always manufactured shoes, yeah. then then if we ever wanted to get rid of that, um, you know, government making shoes rule, everyone would say, oh, what are you talking about? We can't have the government, uh, you, we can't have the private sector make shoes. You know, the government's done this for decades and decades. So, you know, you're that's just crazy talk. But the same thing is true with, you know, basically a lot, a lot of things that the government does or all things the government does is, um, you know, just because we can't imagine life without it uh, doesn't mean that uh, it couldn't be better. That's true. That, that, you know, going down that same road, we have a very real example in, in, the Amer- in our American history when they were trying to abolish slavery. You had all these plantation owners just wondering who was going to pick the cotton. How, how is all this, we're going to have all this cotton that just never gets picked? Well, I mean, so then what, but you know, I mean, so never mind the fact that it was immoral to keep and keep and enslave people anyway. It was just the, they couldn't even imagine life without slavery. Couldn't even imagine it. So uh, kind of an extreme, kind of an extreme um, metaphor, or I guess, uh, you know, but right. it's oh, very okay. real. It's very real. You know, that's that, that mm-hmm. mindset still exists. I can't imagine life without this. I don't know how good things could be. So because of that, I, I don't, you know, I don't even understand why we need to get rid of it. You know? Right. Most of the economic or uh, barriers in our life actually just exist in people's minds. Yeah. And it takes an open mind to get to an open market. I agree. Wow. Is that, is that, a, is that a Joe Kent original? It takes an open <laughs> mind to get to an yeah. open market? I'm going to write that down. Yeah, I guess I just uh, thought that of that is now. That's good. That's well put. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to try and make you famous. You just, hey, you just dropped some hot fire on us right there. <laughs> Well, I'm preaching to the choir here. I'm sure. Yeah, you are. You are. Yeah, but I like it. I'm going to use that. Good. It's an open mind to get to an open market. See, this is me writing it down. Okay. All right. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I wrote it down. I could just I could replay it and you know get it in. Yeah. Sorry. No, we we still use utensils, pens, and pencils around here at Chuckle Liberty. <laughs> I'm I'm over here with crayons, dude. It's like. <laughs> so. <laughs> what else, man? What else, what, what else does this Jones Act do to us? I mean, is there, is there uh, so what are we doing about it? Is there, so you talked a little bit about you guys are putting together a, uh, a study and we're going to be, you said next month that's coming out? Yeah, we're going to try to get it out next month. Um, obviously, we want to try to market it in a way that it's going to make a big splash. Um, so it's not a flash in the pan type of thing. Yeah. But um, but the ultimate goal is to you know market this and other studies about the Jones Act on the mainland. And I mean, and really, um, what we really want is to somehow reform the Jones Act so that we can buy ships overseas. Mm-hmm. So you know, you you buy your car. from overseas Uh, you can planes are bought overseas so why can't ships be bought overseas you're gonna um, put all the shipbuilding companies out of business joe you're gonna put them all out of business all three all three of them (laughs) yeah there's only three there's only three big um, manufacturers and most of them are are on their last legs anyways because the jones act itself has hurt them um, it, it's you know lowered the demand for American shipbuilders, and now there's only one or two ships built every year, and 
so we're, we're protecting the jobs of, I don't know, a thousand, two thousand people, uh, but hurting the lives of millions of people across the U.S. Uh, because of it. So, um, yeah, it's time to reform the Jones Act and maybe this will make them more competitive. I mean, the yeah. U.S. auto market used to be highly protected. And then when they got rid of those uh, regulations, then the U.S. auto market flourished. So, um, you know, maybe it's time to insert some competition into this market. I like it. I like it a lot. And uh, yeah, I mean, we can't do anything about OSHA and the EPA. That also kills that shipbuilding industry too, but you know. Right, right. That's something and, and, else, I guess. That's a different episode, I guess, you know. And also, just imagine if we had cheaper ships. Um, we, you could buy a ship for, you know, one-fifth the price. Well, then we'd have more ships, and more ships means more jobs. And so, you know, the longshoremen or the stevedores and all that, they would actually have to stand to gain from reforming the Jones Act like this. So, um, so it's not all, you know, a rainy day. There's, there can be some good to all this, too. So we talked a little bit about, about our politicians being, um, I guess I'll say it, I, on, on the take. Did we, just, did we just lose Gumbo? I think we lost Gumbo. Okay, he'll come back. But um, come back. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we just, uh, we talked about the, um, the politicians being on the take. Who's, who's paying them? Who's giving, you know, who, who's supporting the Jones Act? If we can all sit back and go, okay, this is such a bad idea for most of us. Who's who are the ones that are behind it, keeping it? Well, mostly, mostly, it's the shipping companies. I mean, if you you can actually look up uh, campaign contributions yeah. um, to candidates, and it's pretty transparent. It's the shipping companies that are um, you know funding them, but also there are union groups like the American Maritime Partnership that um, you know supports them and. Um, they, they give them, you know, half a million to a million dollars every year um, to different candidates. And I, I went and looked at every single candidate in Hawaii um, and tried to see if I could, if the shipping lobby actually pays them off. And, and they do. Um, about half of them are paid off. They, mm -hmm. And they only give the folks in Hawaii, you know, a thousand bucks here and a thousand bucks there. So it's really chump change compared to, um, you know, to the cost of the Jones Act. But um, it's that public choice thing. Um, me sitting on my couch watching TV, I have no incentive to give $1,000 to a politician to get rid of the Jones Act, whereas they do. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, most of our politicians are bought and paid for by the DNC anyway, right? So it's like you have, you have, they don't need to give these guys a lot as long as they keep the DNC, you know, well funded well, yeah. and well taken care of, right? Then, then they'll just apply the but appropriate political pressure on our end. Yeah. They do, though, give a lot of money to Republican candidates. In fact, okay. um, it, it's Republican politicians who are the, the staunchest supporters. Oh, wow. Jones okay. Act. Well, there, yeah, that makes sense. They're, they're, they're the protectionists, right, when it comes to that economic right. stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right on, man. What else do we have to talk about on the Jones Act? Anything? Uh, well, it, you know, it's the 100-year anniversary, uh, as we said before, mm -hmm. and um, I think it's time for a facelift um, or maybe – just a, a repeal of the law. Uh, whatever we do, we can relax it and get rid of it. And, um, you know, a hundred years is enough, basically. I agree. I agree. So I, without, without much of a segue, I guess we, we, we can go right into the coronavirus COVID-19 thing. You were, uh, you had mentioned that too, when we were talking about how they relaxed the Jones Act for Puerto Rico. Uh, you said, well, why wouldn't they relax the Jones Act for our economic recovery of, of COVID-19? What, what's right, going on? Right. What's going on here in Hawaii with that? Well, um, you know, the virus was uh, a concerning thing for a lot of people, obviously, and they shut down Hawaii just like they did uh, other states. But um, Hawaii was hurt the most, I think, when they shut down the states because, you know, our, our tourism is such a huge part of our economy. So, I've in fact, mm -hmm. I said it before on this show: we don't make anything. You know, we, yeah. we don't have, we don't have a, a manufacturing industry of any kind other than like, you know, Aloha gear and all of that is secondary because it's dependent upon travel. Right. And when you, when we shut down, we shut down access to our islands, we shut down the lifeblood of this, of these islands. And that's the economic lifeblood. People don't realize that, but yeah, they really yeah, hurt us exactly. with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Hawaii's unemployment rate went up, shot up to almost 25%, yeah. which is uh, just below, um, Nevada's unemployment rate. And so we're second 
worst in the nation when it comes to the unemployment that we experienced. And, and Nevada, though, is opening up to tourists, and we're not. And yeah. so the long-term effects of this is, are, are really going to topple our economy. I, I remember back in January, I was, and I actually personally, and I'll admit, I was uh, very uh, concerned about the coronavirus and, and is this going to be a real thing? And I was researching heavily into it. And, um, and, and I, of course, for older folks, um, you know, my dad, I want to make sure that he's okay and all of that. Um, but at the same time, we have to kind of balance the risks and say, um, you know, what, um, how, how many deaths could we see if we kill the economy? And it turns out there's actually a lot of deaths there too. Oh, is, uh, did Crypto Gumbo yeah. come back? Yeah, Gumbo just came back. Hey, buddy. <laughs> we, we yeah, lost sorry you. about that, guys. Uh, I was having some technical issues. Uh, my did, bad. You cut, did you cut the dial-up cord on your end, the little phone cord? No? All right. I think the NSA came in and pulled the plug. Well, they would come to me, me first, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, but um, I was just saying basically that um, th there's a lot of deaths that could happen with a hurt economy. And I actually went and looked to see how many, if our economy was shut down, um, you know, basically indefinitely like this, how many deaths are we going to see just from people committing suicide from unemployment or substance abuse? And they call those deaths of despair um, when you don't have a job and, yeah. and, a life basically and and you just commit suicide um those deaths actually are are probably going to go up a lot now too so it it's all kind of a big balancing act i don't know what the solution is but we're trying to call for opening up the economy as quickly as possible well, that's good are you getting any traction yeah. it seems like ige is not paying attention yeah we sent out a, a a petition in hawaii to let hawaii work and um, within five days, we had 5,000 people sign this petition, all, all of them um, from Hawaii. And basically, with a big call to Ige to, to let Hawaii work, um, actually, now we're up to 7,000. And that's, that petition is at lethawaiiwork.com. We sent this petition to Ige, and he sent us a kind of form, standard form acknowledgement, thank you for your letter type of thing. Um, but we noticed that after that, uh, a couple of days later, he did say he wanted to open the economy and he, he started opening up malls and barbershops and all that stuff. So I guess you could say he's kind of opening and we're putting some pressure on him. But, uh, you know, some could argue it's not fast enough. Oh, it's not. And then you, you figure that that's just kind of the local economy, right? That's like, that's us. You know, the, those of us who live here, that's not infusing new money into our economy, right? That's, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. it's, I mean, I hate to get all zero sum because I don't, I don't necessarily agree with, you know, believe in most of that stuff. But when you have a, what's functionally a closed system, like an isolated set of islands, and you just keep us here, we're just recycling the same money, yeah. right? We need, yeah. we need more of it. We need more of it. And that's where our travel comes in. If we don't have access to our islands and, you know, from, from outside, then, uh, we're still start. We're still drying up. We're still, you know, dying on the vine, so to speak. You know. Well, yeah, and and the state, I think, is feeling a lot of pressure, not so much from petitions, but from their budget. Um, they're just kind of realizing that, oh crap, we just cut our budget, and they're realizing how much it's about two billion dollars yeah. next year. And wow. just think of the the budget is eight billion dollars. You cut two billion dollars away from it. That means you have to make you know, 30 to 40% cuts in every single department. I mean, imagine like the Department of Education missing half the teachers or, you know, the, the department. Don't, don't, and all this. Don't, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, what's going on, though, is the government is now realizing that pressure and they're saying, oh, no, we actually do have to open the economy because we're going to lose out on all this money. So um, it was all kind of, oh, yeah, we can shut down the economy with no, um, you know, hurt to our pocketbook, but now it really is affecting their money. Yeah. Well, I mean, when, yeah, you steal money from people, if they're not spending it, they can't, you can't steal as much. So um, I think we're up against a break here. Let me go ahead. Let's take a sure. break and then, uh, and then we'll come back and, and, fin and, and continue this conversation about, you know, COVID-19 and the economy. 
and uh, maybe maybe wrap up some things about the Jones Act too. Cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, hang on. We'll be right back, guys. All right. Hey, we're back, everybody. Thanks. Uh, thanks. Well, I guess. Well, thanks for sticking around after that commercial break. So, um, so we're talking about COVID nineteen, talking about the economy here in Hawaii, and uh, you know, we 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 led into that with a started with a conversation about the Jones Act and how bad it is for us here. So, um, where do we want to go? What do we got to do to get this get, to get this economy open back up? You know, I it was back in February. I I made a post on Reddit somewhere and. Uh, in in the Hawaii forum, basically saying that Hawaii uh, Hawaii's economy is about to collapse, yeah. um, and everyone just laughed at me, and they were like downvoting it and commenting, "You don't know what you're talking about," and all this. But here we are. I mean, the economy is really about to collapse. If you look at the Honolulu Star Advertiser, just laid off like half their staff yesterday. Uh, I mean, that's the biggest local newspaper in the state. Mm. Um, you know, there's talk that it might even just um, go under or, and that's it. We don't have a paper. Um, the, the state budget is basically cut by a fourth. Um, you got 25% unemployment. Um, they're predicting that 30,000 people will leave the state over the next two years. Um, and so, and, and that's in a state of a million people. So I don't know how they're going to come back from this. I mean, I actually, I do know how they'll try to come back from this is by raising taxes and creating more regulations and trying to spend more and taking on more debt and all of that. But all that's going to just make the problem worse. We at Grassroot Institute came out with a plan um, called Roadmap to Prosperity. Okay. And it lists 23 different solutions or, or policy reform ideas to get our economy back. Um, things like let's, you know, relax the Jones Act. Let's call for a, a waiver of the Jones Act, for example. Yeah. Or let's, uh, how about cut spending and lower taxation to encourage more entrepreneurial growth? That's and crazy, so, Joe. That's crazy talk. You know, yeah. you're going to give people more money. That's such a bad idea. Why would we, That's why right. would that help the economy? What would we do that for? <laughs> oh yeah. I forgot what I'm, what show I'm on. I have to, you know, <laughs> stay within the lines here. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Go ahead. Sorry. No, about but we, we had a, we have a list of that. If you want to see the, you know, the full list, it's on our website at grassrootinstitute.org. But basically um, we're just saying the state should spend less tax less and regulate less. And that's basically the best way to get our economy back. Do you get a lot of pushback from that? I've noticed. Um, I imagine I haven't seen with my own two eyes, the pushback that you Joe Kent, have gotten, but I know the pushback that I get locally here when I start talking about things like that and freeing, you know, freeing people up to, to spend their money as they see fit and all this stuff. Um, how do you handle that as a, as a uh, organization that, that really, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to reach people who don't want to be reached largely. Mm -hmm. What's that like? In Hawaii, I don't know if it's like this on the mainland, but people are really sensitive to labels and arguments and yeah. all of that. So you really have to be um, welcoming in the way yeah. that you talk, talk about all this. I mean, we really are serious when we say we want to invite everyone to get involved with these ideas. Um, and we, we actually get a lot of calls from people from different parts, from Democrats, uh, Republicans, Libertarians, Independents. Um, and a lot of it is uh, folks who are running political campaigns who don't have any ideas, actually. And they're like, hey, what are your policy ideas? Um, what can I learn from you? And so I have a lot of conversations like that of just, hey, if, you, if anyone wants to learn about how to build a better economy, I'm, I'm here to help. Um, so that's really heartening. In the Facebook wars and everything, you know, if somebody says, um, you know, something critical of us. Usually what they say is an ad hominem. Oh, you guys are getting some kind of dark money or something. Or, oh, you guys don't care about children or something oh, yeah. like that, you know, where they make a straw man argument. And usually if, if they're talking about the person rather than the issue, then there's really no need to engage with don't them. Engage. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you want to talk about the issue, I'll, be, I'll talk all day long. Yeah. Well, so why don't we do this? Why don't we have me run for governor to shut down the state government? 
<laughs> we'll run on that too. I'll do the Adam Kokesh thing, right? Like, you know, how he was going to run for president to shut down the mm. federal government. It'll be cue the abolitionist for governor to shut down the state of Hawaii. What do you think? You throw the ring in the fire. Do you think that'll you know, work? I actually made a website to help you do <laughs> I'd that. I'd for you, dude. <laughs> oh, Gumbo's I'm, back. Gumbo's back. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hey, you know, I, I actually made a website to help you do that. Um, and I'm trying to put it up. It's basically, um, if you wanted to be governor for a day oh yeah, and you wanted to balance Hawaii's budget, how would you do that? And so I put the whole budget on the screen and here's the deficit and here's the departments and here's your scissors and what do you want to cut? And anyone can go on the website and try to balance the budget, so to speak. And actually I tried to do it myself and I couldn't even do it almost. It, it was, the situation was so bad. So, um, so if you wanted to try to see what it would be like to cut uh, spending and such, uh, you, you could probably do that. We're going to release that in a, in a week or so, by the way. Okay. So is it, is it ready for, is it ready for, uh, for the show notes or, or not? Uh, it will be next week. No. Okay. It will be. So not, so, not yet. Well then let's but If you this. want to find it, go to grassrootinstitute.org. Okay. Uh, so that's going to be that's going to be ready next week and and the study also is going to be dropped next week, right? Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, the study is going to be dropped next, next month. Okay, next month. That's not nice, nice. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, we'll do that then. Okay. And then uh well, no, that sounds fun, man. So like an interactive thing you get in there and you just start chopping things. What's yeah, so you're going to get you can go, yeah. Going to get somebody like me that's just going to chop it all. Just <laughs> yeah. I know I'll have the yeah. Ron Swanson button. You yeah, just push that just and nuke <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just nuke the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, that's cool, man. I like it. That sounds fun. Um, well, you know, and one thing that I had a trouble with when I was trying to balance the budget was the what they call fixed costs. And they, they call them fixed costs because that means they can never cut them. Right. And so these are things in the budget that you're never allowed to cut. In fact, it's taboo to even suggest that you would ever cut them. You know, it's politically incorrect. So the biggest one is the unfunded liabilities for public pensions and health benefits. And so this is, you know, government workers who get, um, you know, a promised retirement are promised a hefty retirement and the problem is it's so hefty that it's that it's more than we can even pay yeah. that's why it's called an unfunded liability and so we're paying you know about a billion dollars every year for the the pension benefits we're paying an extra billion for the health benefits and we're paying a billion dollars for debt and a billion dollars for medicaid so that's about four billion dollars of an eight billion dollar budget that's 50 percent of the budget it's and just so, going for IOUs type stuff. Yeah. Right. Half the budget's going to benefits and debt, and the other half is going to everything else, like teachers, can, can, salaries. Can you and see? Everything. Can you see all the all the breakdowns all the way down to the roots? Yes. Yeah. Oh, you can see. Okay, okay. You can click into the departments and everything and see it all. So, um, but the problem is the spent the tax revenues has fallen so much that. And if you and if you don't cut the fixed costs, then the fixed costs are going to take up about 64% of the of budget. That means every dollar you spend, 64 cents of it will go to benefits and debt. And, uh, you know, unless we start cutting even the, the things that we're not supposed to cut, um, I don't know how we're going to even balance the budget. Well, I know how they're going to do it. They're going to take on more debt. In fact, that's what they did this year. They said, well, let's just uh, take on more debt to balance the budget. But the problem with that is it increases the fixed cost. Now you have a higher debt service every What's year. Our, so it must be nice to be privileged and be in that uh, non-cuttable margin. <laughs> yeah. In fact, the Hawaii state constitution says that you, you have to cut everything else before you cut that. So wow. e even if there was only a billion dollars left in the budget, that billion dollars would have to go towards that. That's the state taking care of the state, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, we, that's not, that's philosophically, that's no different than anything else we talk on the show, right? The, the state always takes care of the state. That's just how it is. Um, dude, it makes me want to sorry to out. scare you. <laughs> no, no, no. But it makes so. So we live in a state that's 1.4 million people, right? 1.4 million, right? So we have almost a million, a million people on this island. And uh, so you take a look at who works. Who? How many workers? How many employees do we have? How many? I say employees, but how many? Uh, 
work, you know, wage earning, you know, either business owners or like hourly or salary. Like how many people are like earning in this state? You know, do you have that number? No, not off the top of my head. Okay. No. I would say, yeah. And, and that was a tough question. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to set you up with that. I, you know, so I'm going to ballpark it at, at half. Let's just say half of the people, mm-hmm. you know, sure. so 1.4. So we have 700,000 people in this Island that even work that earn. And so all that, all that, all that tax liability falls on those 700,000 people. Yeah. Except you know? if people leave this, see a lot of people. And, um, and we're experiencing exodus. Yeah. We're expen- ex- we've, we've had some right. exodus in the last few years. Right. And a lot of people are wondering, well, why don't, what would happen to the tea party? Remember back in 2008 and 2000, 2009, the economy tanked then too. Yeah. And what happened, everyone started raising taxes and that gave birth to the tea party. So, um, uh, you know, a lot of people are, are asking at Grassroot Institute, like, oh, is this going to happen again? Are we going to have another Tea Party? And I think the answer is no. Uh, I, actually, I think there is a tax revolution happening right now, except it's a revolution of people leaving the state. Yeah. Because that's, that is the tax revolution. Because it's a lot easier to just move away yeah. than it is to change local politics. I've all voted with my feet, right? Yep. Right. But the problem with that, though, from a local perspective, is the people le- left behind now have to pay a higher tax yeah. to get to the same budget. So we're paying a higher tax per capita now than we were uh, four years ago. And in four years, we're going to pay an even higher tax per capita you know, per person. So, you know, and that, that's going to make it even more attractive to leave. So that's just going to cause a spiral effect, I think. And that's why, you know, Moody's and a lot of other financial services are, are um, you know, rating agencies are saying that, um, watch out Hawaii, because we could reduce your bond rating, which would make it even worse and spiral it even further. So um, I, I think the only way that they can get back from this is to walk back from the the bigger government mindset and send a signal that we want entrepreneurs and, and residents to come back to the state by lowering taxes and regulation and so on. Hmm. Wow. I feel like that, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to sound doom and gloom, but I feel like that's like a lot to ask this state. Uh, it you know? is. Um, I feel like, uh, you know, just being a guy that, you know, has, has always kind of been involved in, in, in politics or anti-politics or whatever you want to call it. Right. You know, um, knowing how blue this state is, and this isn't a defense of the red team. I'm not trying to, you know, this is, you know, but, but knowing how blue this state is and how blindly blue, I'm not sure that I, I'm not sure where that, I'm not sure we can come back from that. I think it's going to take a collapse. I think it's going to take an economic collapse of the state to wake people up. And that's sad because. Well, what does know, that look like here? Yeah. Uh, what is, I mean, I mean, yeah, well, a, a collapse would be um, basically, you know, again, 30,000 people leaving the state. Um, if the, if the budget were to default on its loans, the, or excuse me, if the state were to default on its on its debt, basically, because it couldn't pay it, then um, the borrowing costs would go through the roof. Um, the and if they couldn't pay the the departments, then all the public services would be cut. Um, and you know, some of this might not be a bad thing, by the way. I mean, if so, sure. there's a lot of stuff that the government really shouldn't be doing, anyways. I mean. Uh, a lot of other states don't even have a state-run hospital, for example, or a state-run airport and all of this stuff. I mean, a lot of the other states just privatize that stuff, and it works fine. But um, here in Hawaii, we want the state to do almost everything, and that means we have to pay for all this stuff, too. So um, I think there's two ways out of this. Like you said, you can back off, you can back away from the cliff, or you can just jump over. And I think you're right. We're, we're likely to just careen over the cliff and, and see where it falls. I just don't see... I mean, I know, you know, these are, our, these are our community members. We know these people, Joe, right? We, we, you know, I mean, I'm not, we yeah. love these people. I don't not, I'm not, this isn't a shot. Well, I guess oh, they're well-intentioned. A lot of them yeah. are well-intentioned. You know, these are, these too. are people we know yeah. and love, right? These are the people that we, that we, you know, hang out with in our different community events. These are the people we go to church with. These are the people that we, you know, our kids play soccer with their kids, right? Like all that stuff, right? Like these are our people. 
mm-hmm. and they have good hearts. They're just economically stupid. And I don't see, and I, and I mean, I hate to say that. I mean, that's not mm-hmm. nice. Clearly that's not nice, but I mean, like, is there a better way of putting that? And how do you reach somebody who's economically ignorant intentionally, right? They won't right. even accept the idea that maybe just maybe daddy government doesn't have all the answers, you know, I don't know. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, we're, we, we, uh, you know, I, from my perspective, I um, was a teacher actually in the yeah. public school system for eight years. And so I have a heart for just trying to educate about yeah. um, things that I'm passionate about. I was actually a music teacher, by the way. Um, and so I, I taught kindergarten through 12th grade uh, music. And, um, you know, it's something I was really passionate about. Um, I was also really active in the Ron Paul campaign before. And uh, so I, um, I'm passionate about educating about what I think is right and trying to do the right thing. And, and so that's kind of what I'm doing at the Grassroot Institute is even though it may fail, it might blow up in my face, at least I think it's the right thing to do to try to educate. And if it all, all if it all fails, then at least I'll say I tried and, and uh, I'll know, I'll take joy in knowing why it failed. (laughs) I mean, the upside is so great. Like, if you failed, you always have, Hey, at least I tried. I tried to, you know, put my energy in a good direction, but if it, if it works in some form or fashion, it's going to be so fulfilling and it would help so many people. So, I mean, right. that's, you know, mm-hmm. that, I, that, there's a lot of honor in that. So I respect yeah. that. I bring this stuff up not to be so doom and gloom necessarily, or even to put you on a bummer, but like, uh, I just, you know, I mean, I want to have that. What's, what's, how do we, how do we reach these people? you know, who don't want to be reached, but you brought up music. What do you play? What's your favorite instrument? What do you play? <laughs> oh, ukulele. I, that's yeah. my favorite. But um, I play piano and drums and guitar and, but I like singing too. I was a choir teacher. So we would oh, cool. I'd take my, my kids across the, the country and we'd have little choir competitions and stuff. So that was a totally different life I had before. <laughs> do you have any original music that's original Joe Kent music and nobody else's? Um, I'm going to lie and say no, so no one looks it up. <laughs> well, what I was going to say was send me an MP3, and we'll, and we'll, and we'll, and we'll run it on this show. You know I, I was going to okay. say go ahead and hit a number, bro. Hit it. <laughs> but but I'm, I'm not going to put you on the spot. You know? I'll do some vocal, uh, you know, some acapella stylings right here. <laughs> right on, man. Well, I don't know, man. What else do you want to talk? I mean, we, we've been all over the place. We talked about the Jones Act. We talked about the coronavirus. We talked about economics. We talked about the collapse briefly. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, there's just a lot of stuff that uh, we do at Grassroots Institute. I mean, yeah. we advocate for, you know, privatizing the airport. And um, just yesterday I was researching about why we have a monopoly in shipping between the islands. Um, we've got a big rail system in Hawaii that, oh. uh, you know, we're looking into. And so, I mean, this is uh, infinite amount of stuff I could talk about when it Let's comes to Let's talk about stuff. the rail. Let's talk about that one. <laughs> and, you know, and, and, you, and, you and I, Barry. yeah, you and I have talked about the rail before Joe. So let's, uh, let's talk what was about that crypto that said, and a new super ferry. Oh yeah, the super fairy too. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have a new one? No, I'm just saying we need no. one. Yeah, oh. a lot of people think we need one, but yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I, that was kind of before my time, you know, but in my my Hawaiian time, but uh I know it's well, an issue. It is and and it's interesting in Hawaii a lot now a lot of people since the tourism uh industry has vanished overnight, um we hear the refrain to diversify the economy we just need to diversify you know let's just um you know bring, bring up our agriculture industry or our tech industry or our biotechnology industry or on and on um or astronomy for example but a lot of times things like that often get protested um into just oblivion yeah. and you know the the culture here is isn't try new things it's don't rock the boat. Yeah. So it's hard to, you know, diversify anything if you have a don't rock the boat type of culture. What we don't need to diversify in is more big government rail systems. And that's uh, the one thing the government seems to want to invest in, you know, at, at all costs. And this rail system is the most expensive rail system in the world per capita. And we're paying more than anyone else in the world for their rail systems. How far and- over budget is it right now? 
Uh, <laughs> well, it, it's $10 billion, and they originally said it was going to be about $2.3 billion. So, let's do, so. The, let's do this quick math, right? So, $10 billion divided by 1.4 million people. I don't even, I, okay, so I mean, I, that's not hard to do, right? So let's do this. I can make it real. I'll pull up my, my calculator. I don't know. I should probably have to be, I should probably be able to do this without a calculator. Yeah, uh, it's about $10,000 a person. Yeah, so and, that's real money, dude. And then, and then we do that original that, you know, like we had originally done, like how many of those people actually have jobs? How many of them are earners and producers, right? So, mm -hmm. dude, that's, you know, that's like $20,000 per person, per earner, right? Mm -hmm. per producer or however well, you want to say it. And that's not a shot. I'm not saying that people who don't work aren't, you know, productive in other ways. I'm just saying like, as far as like dollars go, like money goes, right. That's, that's real money to us. Yeah. You know, this isn't California where we have millions upon millions of people. This is 1.4 million people spread across a few islands in the middle of the Pacific ocean. Many of whom are never going to even ride this thing. And it's $10 billion right now. That's the money. That's the price tag on it. That's crazy. That's right. You, you know, it, we actually um, tallied all of the um, unfunded liabilities in the state. You know, we call that a liability that's not funded. And um, it, if you add up the pension costs, the debt, the capital improvement projects, you know, all of the all of the uh, deferred maintenance projects that have to be, you know, the, the roads, the potholes, all of this stuff. And you call that a liability that's unfunded. And basically, you call it debt. How much debt do we have to pay for? It's about a hundred billion dollars if you if you calculate in the budget shortfall too, the new budget yeah. shortfall. Yeah. So it's about a hundred billion dollars, and that's what a hundred thousand dollars a person. Yeah. So it's you know over a lifespan. And what we're doing now is we're just kind of kicking it down the roads and saying, oh, don't worry, uh, the young people will pay for it. It's not our problem, and everything. But so yeah, that's everything. So the future is going to pay for everything. So that's our children. Those are our grandchildren, right? Theoretically. Um, you can't, I mean, so you're saddling people with something that they may never, I mean, there's no rail system that's ever, that's ever made money anywhere in the, in the world, as far as I know. And they're all, they're all, a, a, you know, a money pit, every last one of them. And uh, you know, it goes along that whole, like, we don't even know, if that's the most efficient way of doing things because it's going to be so heavily subsidized. It's like the whole, yeah, I talked about this on another episode. It's like the whole roads thing, like because it's subsidized, that's all we know. And that's what we use. We don't know anything that's going to be, we don't know what could be better or more efficient. Right. And so here we are, we're going to dump more money into, into this rail system. It's going to run what from Kapolei to Honolulu. And when was it supposed to be completed? What was the original date? Oh, I think it was supposed to be completed this year. Wow. wow. So how, they haven't how even gotten into the, the expensive part of it yet. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, whoo. Yeah. yeah. Actually, actually they, they said it was going to open um, at the end of the year, at the end of this year, um, because that was what they originally said. So they were going to um, open half of the rail. So you'd be able to ride from Eva Beach to basically the airport. Um, but you couldn't ride into town because that hasn't been completed yet. So, um, but and even that's, that, that's no. the expensive part, dude. Right. You know what I mean? the, like they, they, they were growing out, you know, they were, did a lot of this rail out here in the, you know, farm, farm, you know, open fields of, you know, between Kapolei and Eva. And now they're getting into some actual like territory where people live. And, and you know, sa sadly, yeah. sadly, they have a fantastic excuse as to why they're not done yet because of everything that's, t that's happened, you know? <laughs> well, that's exactly what I was about COVID to say. COVID-19, man. Yeah. Sorry, we couldn't complete it, you know? Exactly. And, and uh, it, it's going into the most uh, litigious district of the most litigious state. And, uh, and so we're going to see the price go up just because of the lawsuits involved. So, I mean, some people are predicting 15 to 20 billion uh, by the end of it. So, um, and remember, it started with a $2 billion price tag. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm so mad at you right now, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, oh. it's it's some somehow I take some some kind of uh, I, a lot of people get mad when they talk about this stuff, but um, I 
I like to uh, be optimistic and, you know, maybe it will be some kind of uh, testament to the stupidity of uh, government planning or something Dude, like that. Oh, I wanted somebody to run for office on that platform and just be like, we're not, we're just going to stop. We're going to stop. We're not going to finish it. We're not going to tear it down. We're going to leave it up as a monument to the stupidity of government. That's what we're going to do. I think that's, I think you could probably get a lot of votes with that. You know, we're just going to leave the rail up the way it is build around it. And we'll just put a plaque on, on every pillar. This is why government is stupid. You know? Well, we were trying to, at the very least audit the rail. I mean, cause there are a lot of rail systems actually have fraud in, and abuse yeah. in them. And, um, and we've seen that in, in California and so on. And so we were, we had a campaign, let's audit the rail. Yeah. I, rem I remember um, that. Yeah. Well, that unfortunately just died yesterday. They, there was a bill uh, at the council to audit the rail, to do a forensic audit. And uh, they, they basically shelved it and threw it in the trash can yesterday just because um, Who's they? You know, the Honolulu City Council. Um, and, and the reason was the coronavirus, you know, where our, our budget is already overrun. We don't have money to pay for this. So, yeah, too bad. So sad. I'm going to put their names on the show notes of the Honolulu city council. Sure. I'm to, yeah. I'm going to show notes. Yep. We're doing that. Email these guys. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. I'm writing my, this is me writing notes again. All right. <laughs> Honolulu city council. Got it. Okay. Sorry. Okay, man. So what, so the rail, so the rail, that where how far has it gone so far? How far it's gone? It's over here in Kapolei, Eva Beach, Pearl City, Waipahu. It's at yeah, the airport. It's, it's building through the airport right now. Right? Yeah, it's about it's about at the airport, um, but it's coming up to Middle Street. And you know, some people are saying, oh, they should just stop at Middle Street before they have to go all the way into downtown and all that. Um, but in a way, that kind of defeats the per the whole purpose of the rail. Like who? the whole purpose of the rail was to get to Ala Moana, right? We want uh, people from the airport. You get, you get right off the plane at the airport, you go straight to Ala Moana. Um, but uh, now if they just stop at middle street, then that's all dashed too. So yeah. um, I really don't know what the future of the rail is. I mean, but I don't know how they can pay for it. I mean, it's not just the state budget that's in trouble. It's the County budgets too. Dude. I mean, if 30,000 people leave, I mean, yeah. How well, are they and I mean, and then, so who's, who's, who is paying for it? So is this a state thing or a county thing? It's a county thing. It's basically the, the Honolulu County residents are paying yeah. for it. But the state has now um, you know, passed a law a couple of years ago that has other counties paying for it. So even if you live on Kauai, yeah so, be, yeah, so be that guy on Maui that never comes to this island right. and you got to pay for this. Yeah. You could be on Maui. You could, you could never visit Oahu ever. And you're, you are still paying for the rail in a roundabout way. Um, so, yeah, this is it's a crazy thing. but Dude. Well, and it's so dumb, too, because we've all seen the movie. I mean, Godzilla thrashes this thing. We know as soon as it's done, Godzilla's <laughs> going to just stomp all over it. We've seen the movie. It's going to happen. Why are we even bothering? It's such a waste. Yeah, exactly. And, and now that uh, tourism has gone so far down and our economy is so much slower, um, have you noticed that traffic seems to be much, much quicker? <laughs> Dude, I, I, we, I love this traffic right now. I, you, know. <laughs> hey, you don't have to get up at uh, 345 anymore. No. Yeah, just, just four. Just four. Yeah, just four. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. So, well, man. Dude, I think we're good. What do you think? You think we uh, think we hit on everything? Yeah, good. I mean, thanks. I, if you guys want to have me on again, I'm happy to come on. Let's and do it. I want always to. I want researching. To. Are you good? Are, I have to redeem myself because I yeah. was having connectivity issues. So my yeah. apologies, sir. You got yeah, I got gumbo <laughs> over there in the Stone Age trying to play 2020. So um, <laughs> so would would you be open to coming on on a, on, a, on a fairly regular basis on a uh, on a kind of recurring thing? We'll figure it out later, I guess, if you want. But I mean, we'd love to have you come back and talk about local politics and local issues here on the show. That'd be great. Yeah, sure. I mean, there, there's never, uh, I'll never run out of things to talk about. Absolutely. It's kind of like shooting fish in a barrel in Hawaii. There's, there's so much stupid out here. It's awesome. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you I, like know, I, guess, I say something positive and then you just go, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I just, I do it for a little bit of a, a little bit of a comic <laughs> thing, but funny. you know, these are okay. our people. We love them. And, and, and again, I go back to that. Like it's, it's sad because 
you know, we do love these people. We live with these people. There are, there are Ohana, there are neighbors, right? All that stuff. But, but man, it just, yeah. it just pull your head out of the sand enough to see what's really going on here. And I, it's hard to get those people to do hard to get our people to do that. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, we're, I think we're all trying to get to the same thing. We're all trying, we want people to prosper. We don't want people to live in poverty. Um, you know, we want a clean environment. We want people to be healthy. We want people to have access to good education and healthcare systems. There's just a different way to go about doing all of that stuff. And you don't have to um, beg the state for, for every want in society. So, um, you know, I think we all want the same goals. We're just arguing over the means. I agree. So Gumbo, anything, anything else to add? No, I, I enjoyed it. Thank you, Joe. So yeah, Joe great. Kent, Joe Kent, executive vice president of the Grassroot Institute of Hawaii. Thank you so much. You have anything you want to plug other than, other than that? Uh, no, just go to our webpage and uh, get on our mailing list and we'll send you more of a Hawaii perspective. Awesome, bro. We'll do that. I'll go ahead and include all that on in the, uh, in the show notes. So if you guys wanted to get on their, on their page, you can go right to our show notes and there'll be a link right there. Joe, thank you hey. so much for your time, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank Aloha, you. my brother. Thank you. Aloha. Hey guys, thank you for listening to Unshackled Liberty. If you wanted to follow me on Twitter, I am at two underscore abolitionist. Gumbo is at crypto gumbo. Our show account is at unshackled underscore L. If you like what you're hearing and you'd like to subscribe, please do so. Please give us a good rating. If you leave a good review at Apple Podcasts, we will read it on the next episode. If you want to leave us a voicemail to be included on the next show, and if it's funny and clean, we will do so. You can do that at anchor.fm slash unshackled liberty. You can also donate to help us create more content at anchor.fm slash unshackled liberty or at patreon.com slash unshackled liberty. We thank you for your time. We thank you for your listenership. We love each and every one of you. And don't forget to listen to all of the other shows on the fret.